Thank you for joining us for Mental Health Let's Talk About It. I'm your host, Charlene Pickram, the owner of Pick Empowerment, and you're tuned into CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. And today in the studio, we have Lynn Yetman, who is the Executive Director of the Healthy Minds Cooperative. Welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. I'm glad you could join us today. So... The Healthy Minds Cooperative is located in Dartmouth. That's right. And what exactly is your objective? What do you guys focus on as a team? Well, the biggest thing, the most unique thing about Healthy Minds Cooperative is that it's peer-driven. So, and as a cooperative, that's our that's our thing. Um, so we believe that, uh, you know, support comes a little easier from somebody who's been there and has experienced that. So we're not therapeutic. Um, we're just another service out there to help support you through that journey. And uh, in doing it in a way where it's uh, everybody, including myself, has a lived experience. And uh, that is uh, the approach that we take. It's just peer-to-peer. And you hear a lot of talk now about peer support. So we were kind of the originals in the sense that, uh, it, again, it's all peer-driven People with mental health uh, issues gathered together and decided there need to be another place, not the hospital, not mm. agencies because of, you know, various diagnoses and stuff, which are all valuable. Yes. But we wanted another level, a level where you could just meet with somebody who's been there and, and talk on that level. Mm, yeah, it lived experience and being able to, you know, we always say you never can truly understand somebody else's situation, mm-hmm. but at least if you have um, experienced ups or downs, um, gone through the system a little bit and understand mm-hmm. potentially some of the stigmas people, you know, live with on a day-to-day basis, it is easier to talk to somebody who has gone through the process. That's right. That's what we believe. Um, again, as you said, it's nobody's story is the same. And we don't want to take away from somebody's experience. That's their experience. But the, the, uh, things that we all have in common is what you mentioned, the stigma, the, the, um, you know, that, uh, um, uncomfortableness about sharing that mm-hmm. into the right crowd of people. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all feel very vulnerable about our mental health. It's still a very sacred thing to talk about yeah. and um, and still has a lot of stigma attached to it. And so um, you have to feel very safe in mm-hmm. order to get to the stuff that needs to be said. Yeah, the psychological safety. So do you guys do, like, how do people reach out to you? Do they drop in? Do they call? How does How do you arrange that peer-to-peer support or group support? Well, uh, the first... Uh, entrance into us is usually through our navigator, Brad Rowe, who's uh, who's excellent at talking with you on the phone. He's very patient, very uh, <laughs> able to listen. And uh, so from there, we can, uh, you know, try to, if you'd like to come in and talk to somebody, that's great. We have uh, people there to do that. But also, um, if it's to navigate you to somewhere else in community first, mm-hmm. um, we just need you to get to where you need to be. If that's with us, great. If that's somewhere else, we want to help you get there too. Mm-hmm. So it's about navigating that system, find the right place for you, um, and connect mm-hmm. you with those resources. The other part of that is we do provide programming. We do, we do less of that one-on-one. We do more group, um, programming, but we still do one-on-one. That's, that's, that's when someone just comes in the door, like 
yesterday, last week, we had a gentleman walk in the door. He was walking down um, uh, Alderney Drive, and he seen our sign, and he thought, hmm, Healthy Minds, what's that? Mm. And he just came in and said, I was wondering about what this is. And he connected with our wellness uh, educator, Irene, and uh, he's been coming in regularly, and he's nice. really felt like he was heard, and he had been through the system on various levels, and uh, he said, this is the first time I felt like, okay, they get me. Wow. The whole me. <laughs> and that's humongous. I mean, to Absolutely. get that feedback from somebody really justifies for you guys, the team and the program, that you're doing the right thing. Yes. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And so uh, referrals from other agencies as well? Absolutely. And referrals from agencies, doctors, clinics, and referrals to ah. <laughs> agencies and such. Because, uh, you know, uh, each of us out there, there's about five nonprofit mental health organizations in the, in the surrounding area that provide excellent work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're trying not to duplicate each other. So when there's something that we know another organization does, as well, that's yeah. where we're going to send them. That's where we're going to say, you know, tap into what they have and then tap into what we have. And whatever your needs are, whatever your unique needs are, mm -hmm. that's what you need to be, what we try to focus people on. Mm. So do you guys get together with the other organizations, the other nonprofits, and really talk about your different services and how you can support one another with meeting the needs of your clientele. We're doing more and more of that now than ever before. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, in the nonprofit world, it's so um, challenging to maintain yeah. yourself in this changing environment. Mm -hmm. Funding is always an issue. And so historically, it's been um, challenging for other nonprofits to connect together because if I be nice to you, then maybe they'll take my funding and give it to you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think a little bit of that historically had, had been in place. I think now people are changing, you know, um, agencies usually have had people in them for long, long periods of time and done things one way or another. So yeah. we're, we're all focusing, we have always focused on the, on the person. Yes. But now we're, we're looking a little bit more you know, uh, globally a little bit more, uh, you know, universally, what is it that they can benefit from best? And uh, so, um, you know, we're doing a lot more collaboration than ever before. Uh, we need to do more, but it's coming. Mm. So that's an exciting time for us in the mental health community. Yeah. And, you know. and so through my guests, I'm hearing more about this collaboration that is taking place, which yeah. I think is very exciting. It's time. Yeah. Because again, your focus, your objective is basically the same and you may be able to provide, you know, a little different service, but in the end, to be holistic, you really need the services of everybody to meet the needs. Absolutely. You know, we want to have a whole, you know, gamut of supports out there for the individual that might need them. Mm -hmm. And so we need to, we need to 
make nice and be there and uh, support the individual in any way that we can. And as I said, the agencies that we work with are all open to that and, and are, you know, we're doing much more than ever mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. So funding, because you're a nonprofit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work for you guys? Because obviously a lot of people do the fundraising mm-hmm. um, and you've got a set income. So how does that look for you guys? Well, like everyone, we we have to do fundraising. We're always looking for, you know, sponsorship and support. We do receive some funding from the Nova Scotia Health Authority, which is wonderful. Um, Grants, you know, the foundation has always been very supportive of us. Um, You know, uh, the Department of Health and Wellness, you know, um, the challenge, again, is that, you know, uh, just a periodic funding here and there or the unique thing of of uh, project money is that it's for a new initiative Mm -hmm. and it's you know ends with the end of that initiative so if you do something and people love it then you have to say sorry we ran out of money and that's not happening anymore yeah that and you know again hearing that over and over again from people who are thinking do we as a team want to invest all this time, all this energy, putting together new programs, getting the grants to support it, only to have it cut off Absolutely. at the end of that year because all of a sudden the money is no longer there? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, how do you guys potentially, the nonprofit world, deal with that or how are you looking to deal with that great programs that are really working for the clients and then all of a sudden yep no money for you lynn yeah well you know the good thing about nonprofits is that we're so resilient when we find something that works for our members for our participants we do whatever it takes to make sure it's still there for them so again like, you know, adding another challenge to an already stressed organization. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the formal processes to pro- apply for funding, it's like they have a proposal department, they have a finance department, they have, we have an executive director, you yeah. know, to yeah. be all of those departments. So it, again, puts a lot of stress on the organization just to go through the process and it takes your time away from the things that are most important. Mm-hmm. And then, it's a hit and miss whether you get it or not. So yeah. challenges galore. <laughs> yeah. I love that you said that nonprofits are resilient. Absolutely. Because that that is the case to fight tooth and nail every year to mm-hmm. get the funding to, you know, meet your objectives is certainly a challenge in this day and age. Um, and... I also love that, you know, you acknowledge that the teams in nonprofits are so small. So you have, you have three people on your team? We have three people on our team. We now have a, a part-time person and a, a student. So, mm-hmm. you know. I love student placements. Oh, I love them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. They are like the new energy, new ideas, and um, they can take off quite a bit of the load, particularly when it's grant time. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so I've heard other, you know, executive directors say that taking the time to do all the paperwork, to go through all the political hoops, 
um, very much takes a lot of your time so that you can't focus on your other roles, mm -hmm. um, such as today, you know, you're in here today speaking on behalf of, uh, the Healthy Minds Cooperative and this afternoon will, you know, be another event and another, right. it just keeps on rolling. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what is the, I guess, number one thing that you love about your job? I love when I meet people who we're going through a very dark time and they come in and they just wanted to check in and say, mm -hmm. hi, I'm doing really well. And I just wanted to stop by and say hi. And then you, you sit back and you go, that's why we do it. Yeah. That's why we do it. Cause some days it doesn't look as fun or some days it's very challenging to see people constantly go through their challenging time mm -hmm. and feel helpless in supporting them. Though we know that just being there when they're ready is is the biggest part of that help and and uh, we know that's the most important when yeah. you're ready we'll be here um but sometimes you know but when you see them come in and they're in a good place and they're doing things or so many times you know um uh, Irene, our program coordinator you know she'll bring in a thing she said i just got this email i wanted to share it with you mm -hmm. you know i just my whole life has changed from that program. I think differently. I, you know, I, my spirit has changed. I'm so moved by it all. And it's like, yeah, that's why we do it. That's, yeah. that's it. When somebody clicks and, and gets that process, that's, that's why you do the work. Yeah. And I've, you know, you talk about everybody else in the nonprofit field, you know, uh, being challenged and the resiliency. I've met the most passionate people in nonprofit world. Yeah. Uh, and because obviously you're not doing it for the money. No, you're not. <laughs> so we know they're doing it for the right reasons. And those people, you know, have that passion that will fight f till the end. So, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to be in that group of people um, that really, you know, get the, get the cause and, and are willing to fight for it. Mm, fantastic. Mm. So we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we'll continue with Lynn Yetman and the Healthy Minds Cooperative. Welcome back to Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I'm Charlene Pickram. And we are talking with Lynn Yetman from the Healthy Minds Cooperative. And um, Lynn was just chatting with me about upcoming change and redesign that uh, is on the go with them. So can you share that with our listeners? What What's changing? Well, historically, we've been more of a service uh, uh, for Metro, for HRM. And we're, I guess, following the lead of the health authority and in, in a provincial approach. Mm -hmm. We're not following their lead in a lot of other things, but in a provincial <laughs> approach. Um, so we're reaching out to particularly rural communities. I, I grew up in a rural community in Tadamagush. Mm -hmm. And... Um, any resources were always in Metro, always in Metro. And particularly for mental health, you're not feeling like traveling anywhere. You're not feeling like leaving your home. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, to bring resources to the community is, is always a challenge financially. How do we be everywhere to everyone? You know, yeah. so, um, we're doing this through, um, technology. Mm 
So we're doing a lot more webcast type of events, um, trying to um, collaborate with those unique communities to see what are some of their number one issues. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, bring that education series to them mm -hmm. um, and uh, use it as a way of, of those communities building on to that. So, and again, partnering with all the current organizations that are doing that as well. Yes. And together, maybe filling the ballot with so many more options for those communities. So that's where we're moving. Uh, so we're moving to a more provincial approach as well as doing what we do yes. here. Um, but again, through technology. So, and I'm so anti-techy that it doesn't, it, it's a challenge for me to comprehend all of that. But, you know, we're trying to meet the needs of everybody. Yeah. And in today's environment, people are so much more technological. I didn't say that right, but technological. <laughs> and, and I also share your aversion to because we are people, people. Yes. Right? We like yes. to have that one on one interaction yeah. in the presence. And for me, you know, I do see the value of webinars and mm. all that. I definitely see it. It's a great way to send information. It's a great way to get conversations going. Um, but again, for me, I really want that personable contact. So uh, again, it's, it's fitting the need of the changing society. It's important, but I, I still believe that we need to have that togetherness. Absolutely. So our hope is that, you know, if by providing this, maybe they'll become a hub in each of those communities where they'll gather to watch the webinars together, mm. to discuss them afterwards and to look across the room and say, well, I, I know that person. How yeah. come we never talked about this? Yeah. How come we never, you know, um, connected on that level. So now is an opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And again, in partnership with all the other pro, uh, organizations out there that are doing similar work or already have hubs uh, situated in those communities, again, building on that, we, we don't have it all. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we have a piece to bring and with everybody else's pieces, hopefully what we're doing is giving the individual the opportunity to go, I connect with that. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and if, if that works for them, then we're, we're, we're doing what we need to be doing. So, uh, you know, the provincial kind of approach to this is unique for us. Uh, you know, we're just launching this really in, in June. And, um, so we're excited about it. We're able to do this because of a grant we received from Department of Health and Wellness. Yes. So, um, so that's been really good. Mm -hmm. And again, at the end of the grant money, yes. <laughs> if this is successful, we will do whatever it takes to continue to do it. It. Mm -hmm. um, it would just be real nice to not have to worry about it. <laughs> yes, it would. And and so I know the Schizophrenia Society also does the different webinars very specifically to reach rural communities. Absolutely, yes. And and some of the different organizations that I've talked to, you know, what they'll plan to do is one time a year or two times a year, they'll manage to get somebody into that community and have a conversation about what you said. What are the needs of the community? What do people need from mm -hmm. the specific program? Mm -hmm. um, and then utilize uh, almost like patient care. You know, you get the mm -hmm. information from the patient and you pro provide what they need. Um, so it's great to see that several of you are you know, on that same initiative in making the change. 
Absolutely. And um, uh, the Self-Help Connection, uh, Shaping Communities, that's an excellent partnership for us in doing this because that's what they do. Yes. And so anything that can contribute to maintaining it in community for any great length of time, mm-hmm. we need to partner up on that. Yeah. Um, again, we don't want to disappoint the community or the individual where they'd say, oh, this is great. I look forward to Tuesday nights to going. Oh, it's over. Yeah. Now what? So we, you know, we all want that. So we have to work together to make that happen. Mm. So in in rural uh, communities too, um, utilizing the libraries. Absolutely. The best resource a community has is their library. Yeah. Yep. You know, we're looking to use all of those. Those are a natural hub. Mm -hmm. Those are a natural hub. And of course, mental health gets talked there. Of yeah. course, people, you know, uh, so it's an obvious, you know, if your community is lucky enough to have a library. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the, you know, conversation. It was funny. I was at our Sackville library here just last week, checking in with a former student and, um, we were sitting in the kid playing area and there was all kinds of parents there and they were coming in from all the different rural areas and saying, we love this library. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, we don't have a place where we can take our kids and hang out for the evening mm-hmm. and talk with other parents about stuff that's going on. And they were just like ecstatic over all the different programs mm-hmm. and that they can go into the library and nobody needs to know what they're there for. Absolutely. So yes. there's no stigma, you know. You be seen going into a different building, and it's like, oh, what are you here for? Mm. Yeah. So you know, again, like you said, finding the natural hubs in rural com- uh, communities, whether that be a church or um, I know for a lot, the fire hall. Mm-hmm. That's where we had lots of the events in, you know, Guysboro too. So. Finding that out, though, must be a challenge for you guys, where to provide the services. It is, but as I said, there's organizations that have been out there doing it for some time. Mm. Schizophrenia Society, the, you know, um, Shaping Healthy Communities and Mm. such. They've already built some connections in those areas. So we're able to kind of build on that as well, partner with them, Mm -hmm. and uh, bring in another option. And. And so, obviously, the different organizations are starting to work together without that feeling of we have to keep our silo (laughs) separate from the other silos. Absolutely. It's not without its challenges sometimes, but it's it's... It's the way to go. It's what yeah. we all need to do. And so, um, you know, we're, we're thinking more that way more and more. So it's exciting time. Yeah. I think so too. Um, and I noticed even Langhouse is coming out here to Sackville to do mm-hmm. some different programming. So again, that same mindset, you know, you're in Dartmouth, uh, Lang and schizophrenia and the healthy communities. Is that the right name? Um, uh, self help connection and shaping healthy communities. Yes, shaping, yeah, because they've just been the the change. Um, you know, they were in Halifax, but it doesn't mean that the services are just there for them. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're in the Darkness side, and the unique thing about Halifax Darkness is Darkness people don't like to go to Halifax. (laughs) Halifax people don't like to come to Dartmouth. So it's nice to have some services on either side of the bridge. Yes. Um, 
it's, uh, you know, it, it just gives people more options. Yeah. And that's what we're all about, is giving people as many options as we can to help them through this challenging time. And transportation is sometimes a very key issue for individuals who are, are experiencing mental illness. Absolutely. You know, transportation is big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At any time. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, so so you guys very much have the open door policy. Yes. Like you were saying, somebody walked by, they saw the sign, they were wondering, hmm, what's this all about? And they yeah. walked in and somebody was there to have the conversation. That's right. And so it's been unique. It's it's uh, it, interesting to see the changes in mental health in the past. We're 14 years old. Wow. Um, when we started, it was a group of people that came together to say, you know, as, as people with lived experience, we have something to offer. We're the experts this time. Yeah. You know, we're not seeking the experts. We're the experts on what it's like to live with a mental health condition. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's how it started. And it started very much peer-to-peer and and peer-based. And we still are peer-based. And uh, But, you know, the numbers for mental health are going up every day. And we're we're not seeing a lot of those new people. Mm. And so where are they going? How are they finding resources? Or are they finding resources? Mm. And so, again, that's why the technology piece is, is key because that's how people communicate nowadays. Yeah. And um, finding other ways to meet those those people who are are new to this process and, and, and support them in any way we can. Mm-hmm. So, um, one, uh, you know, our series of programs that we do is called Humans Making Change. Oh, okay. And that's, uh, it's also HMC, but Humans Making Change. <laughs> um, and, and because that's what we're about. We're yeah. just about, you know, trying something different, thinking differently and, and just making those small, small changes and uh, um, you know we're we're excited about a series of programming we have right now again using peer facilitators that Mm -hmm. have uh, lived experience and they are are saying okay this is what I would have been interested in Mm -hmm. so we're trying different uh, programs and and discussions afterwards and stuff so that's been very exciting Mm -hmm. yeah so how do you choose your peers? Well, the peers, you know, we, we have over 500 uh, members. Wow. Um, they're not always all act, uh, no, you know, yes. active at any given time. <laughs> um, but um, we're, we're always open to people, you know, after they've gotten to a, a stable place in their, in their recovery mm-hmm. uh, to take on, you know, and the great thing about people is they love to give back. And so if they can give back from from uh, what was a negative experience, maybe not negative, but challenging experience. Yeah. They, they have something they've learned, and yeah. they can share that with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, we have uh, four new facilitators right now that are, have taken some training with our uh, education coordinator, a wellness uh, coordinator, and uh, they started out slowly. We've been doing, uh, they've been doing um, TED Talks, so talks oh, that yes. have um, really, you know, gave them thought that really kind of gave a change in how they were moving forward. And then we watch them and then they have discussion afterwards. And that's the best part. Those discussions and that sharing and uh, thinking differently when you leave, Mm. you know, is, is, um, this has just been really, really great. Mm. Um, Our goal long-term is that the human making change series will be 
TED Talks from our own people. Oh, so that we idea. have a, you know, a variety of, you know, again, you know, somebody out there doesn't have to be the expert. We're the experts. Mm. So, um, you know, doing a, a series along that line. Excellent. So when we come back from our break, I'm going to uh, ask Lynn to talk about some of the other programs and exactly what they look like. So, you know, for some people, it's anxious, anxiety when they don't know what potentially they're going to be walking into. So we'll get Lynn to uh, elaborate on that. You're listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it and we'll be back in a moment. Thanks for staying tuned into CIOE 97.5 FM, Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I am your host, Charlene Pickram, and we have Lynn Yetman in with us. She's the Executive Director of the Healthy Minds Cooperative, and uh, Lynn's been sharing the various services that they have available despite their small team of three, Um, but uh, she's been sharing that some of the individuals who have lived experience with mental illness um, are starting to participate in programs. Um, So you were saying that basically they've been kind of vetted, they're interested, and now they're getting some education on how to put forth some programs. Mm -hmm. And so exactly what would those programs look like? Well, the programs that we've had so far for our our new facilitators have been just uh, um, uh, a TED Talk and a discussion afterwards. Uh, We've done some movement ones we have planned. So some... uh, um, we we uh had done yoga before and it's it's not always that well received unfortunately <laughs> but we're going to do hula hooping oh yes and we just want to do some movement and then some discussion and we mm-hmm. want to do um we're doing a series of uh walk and talks along the Dartmouth uh, waterfront love that and sit on the grass and have a good old chat little mm-hmm. picnic um but uh, right now uh, the spring has been uh, more about ted talks on on topics that uh, appeal to the facilitator and um um some d- you know deep discussion afterwards mm. i wanted to mention too that because we're using facilitators that have lived experience um they're being paid they're being compensated okay. uh, it's just an honorarium and uh but it's that's been one of our philosophies since the day we started is that you know um if you honor their perspective and you value that they have um you know something to share and offer mm. Um, then you have to compensate people. Mm-hmm. And that's a big piece of what we're all about because, um, you know, it's, it's challenging when you're going through a mental health, uh, process where you may be off of work. You may be, you know, um, just going through a difficult time. Yeah. And you know what? Irrelevant of all of that. You, you've, are earning something. You are offering something and you're being compensated for it. That's the most important piece. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we have those. We have a program, uh, called, uh, finding your voice, which has been really well received. It's, uh, it's a great, uh, program for those who, um, maybe, um, are just new into this journey. And it's opportunity through a seven week, uh, process to, uh, develop three little scripts, just, you know, paragraph. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to have. Now, mind you, some have had quite the book, <laughs> but a paragraph to start off with. And what we want to do is create a message that you want your family and friends to know about what you're experiencing. 
um, which is so important. Yeah. You know, um, I know from my own experience when I'm going through a depression or I've been in a, in a bad place, it's, it's, you know, everybody's like, are you okay? Are you all right? You know, and the more you hear that, the more you want to go. <laughs> so what is it you want your family and friends to know that, mm. you know, okay, um, don't, don't ask me every time you look at me, are you okay? You know, uh, but, uh, if you see this or this, then start drawing me out again and, and ask me how things are going. Mm. Um, you know, those are the things that people want their immediate caregivers, not caregivers, but family and friends that are there, mm. um, to know. These are some of the things that say I'm in trouble. And these are the things that are, are just me going through the process. So don't, yeah, you know, just meet me where I'm at. You just, don't have to absolutely keep bringing it to the forefront over and over again. Yeah. I know where I'm at. Yeah. Just support me. Yeah. And treat me like me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to explode. I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So the second script that they would work on is, um, what do they want their caregivers to know? What do they want that physician, that psychiatrist, the psychologist? Uh, what do they want them to know? Mm. Um, I remember working with this one woman who said, you know what? I'm a single parent and I'm taking care of my aging mom. Mm -hmm. So I don't think my doctor knows that. Mm. And it's like, you know, I said, don't you think that's important for them to know? Cause that's who you are. Yeah. You know, all that goes with it. So maybe, you know, they better understand that you can't be on medication that maybe requires you to sleep most of the day when you're got young children and, and a, a family member you're caring for. Yeah. So, um, and then the opposite, we, we've had people that say, I'm aging. I've been on these medications my whole life, but now that I'm aging, you know, I need them changed up, but it's like, how you doing? Doing good. Okay. Here you go. Here's your script. Off you go. Yeah. And no conversation about, you know, um, okay, you're, you're aging now. This is affecting you. This is what, what, what does it do to the medication that I've been on most of my life? Mm -hmm. So, you know, having honest conversations, you get that precious 10 minutes, maybe five in the doctor's <laughs> office. And it's like, you need to know what it is you want them to know. Yeah. And so that's been really good. We've actually had a call back from a physician who said, I had one of the best visits with this person that's been coming for years. Mm -hmm. And they said, it's because you guys help them write that down and think it out. He yeah. said, that was great. Because it was, yeah, it was great for him and it was great for the person. So it gave them a chance to say, this is what I'm concerned about. Yeah. You know, cause, uh, you know, when you get in there or any of this, you, you go in and say, how you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, I, you don't know how to articulate the rest of it. Yeah. Unless you've got lots of time. Yes. And when you go to those, when you're going to the professionals, you don't have lots of time. No. So you have to really uh, pinpoint what it is you want them to know this time and, and mm -hmm. to get that experience out there. So that, that's been, that's been great. And yeah. the third script that we hope that they would go through is what do you want the general public to know about what you're going through? Mm -hmm. So for some, you know, just to have that for themselves so yeah. that uh, if ever they get into that position where, okay, I am working and they know I have a lived experience, what is it I want them to know? Mm -hmm. And uh, then um, then also for the general public, we do um, the orientation for uh, mental health and addiction staff nice. at the health authority. And so the, and 
the staff, the employees will say the best part in every evaluation is when they hear from the first voice, from the first perspective. You know, that puts it all together. And so, you know, if you're in a good spot in your recovery and you want to share this, that's an opportunity to to go out and, and say what it is you want newly hired healthcare providers to know mm-hmm. about living with a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. So it's it's had many, you know, uh benefits from the from the finding your voice. So we're we're excited about that one. Um, a new one that we have is it's a little different than anything we've done is called Conscious Aging. And it's really an interesting program. And um it it it's been very well received. And uh I always try to get in it and I can't get in because it's full. <laughs> but um it it can't you pull some I know, I know. I tried know slipping director? in and, like <laughs> don't they know who I am? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um the, when I talk to the people when they come out, they're just, they're still chatting in the hall and they're saying, this is wonderful. This is really great. It gives mm-hmm. a whole new perspective on it. So, of course, their idea of aging is 50 plus. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's about leaving the old scripts behind. Who, yeah. who, sometimes who we told we were, were mm-hmm. not necessarily who we were, but who we were told we were, who we believed we were, and then who are we right now? And who do we want to be in this next chapter? Yeah. So let's leave all the old stories and create our new. Yeah. And and yes, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> your own legend. Yes. Like you can take it back. You can rewrite it. You can, you know, because it's like you said, who were you told you were? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kind of relationships were you in? And if you are now feeling empowered, what do you want to see for yourself? And how do you make that happen? And mm-hmm. how do you support yourself or provide um, a support system? And so if you're going to a program such as that, you're meeting people who are exactly where you are at. And you're going to get some support if that's what you're looking for. Absolutely. And they really, well, after their program, they said, uh, can we can we still meet? And it's like, well, we have a new group of people that I meet. So she has a little alumni group that meets, yeah. you know, once a month. So they can just keep connected and yeah. keep staying on that same focus. So we're we're doing that uh uh starting back up again in the fall. Nice. Um we're doing one out in Muscadabit actually. So again, trying to go to those communities mm-hmm. uh, out in in communities. So um so we're looking forward to how it gets received out there. Yeah. And uh again, one that's very popular. Um you know, it, it's challenging to get people to go to any groups. Their intention is, you know, lots of people sign up and that. Mm-hmm. But the morning of the group might be a day that I don't get out of bed. Um, it might be a day that just too much is going on in my head and I can't yeah. take it in. So, you know, often we start out with a group, a big group, and we'll end up with four to six people. Mm-hmm. And it's always the right group. Yeah. Always. That's yeah. the amazing thing about these things is you find yourself in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And um they they just bond and they have a really great experience. So yeah. we're really pleased with it. And with the aging community, it's essential. I hey, mean, we live in Nova Scotia. <laughs> yeah. And how many like one person households are there? 
there are so many individuals living by themselves in their home. They kind of do their own thing, but this allows them to get out and find other people who have like-minded thoughts or mm-hmm. ideas. Um, and then all of a sudden they're not alone anymore, which we know for mental health is absolutely essential key yeah that we're not alone well some of the the big statistics that we're seeing lately is the loneliness and isolation yep the number one mental health issue with the aging population yeah loneliness and isolation so how can we address that how you know so we're trying many methods to Mm -hmm. do that and uh we know people connecting with other people is the best way yeah so um you know, hoping that some of these will connect in some of the communities and with our ongoing support and community interest, we'd be able to maintain something mm-hmm. out there. It's a collaborative event all the way around. Yeah. So if, uh, if it's something you want, you need to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love too, you know, very much with programs like that is that once the group is established and it becomes a pattern, even if the funding gets cut, that those individuals can be empowered enough to continue on their own. Yeah. Because they have seen the value of the group. Mm -hmm. They've developed those relationships. They see how it benefits themselves. They see that they're helping others. And again, all essential to our mental health. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's, it, it always surprises me how many different services are out there. Um, that one I'm not familiar with, but I know others are not. And, and that's mm-hmm. why it's so important that individuals like yourself, Lynn, come in to share. Cause not everybody's just walking by yes. your building. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, we talk about individuals who, you know, have mental illness. They might not even get out of their bed. They may be listening to the radio right now, Mm -hmm. which is one way to reach them, but they may not have internet, you know. So, again, how do we get the message out there so that people are receiving the services that they need to receive? Absolutely. And Mm. that's the challenge. It is the challenge. And so we're going to wrap up this uh, bit with uh, Lynn. And when we come back, we'll finish off. And you're listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it. And we'll be back in a moment. In the final segment of Mental Health, let's talk about it here on CIOE 97.5 FM. Um, we're going to finish off with uh, Lynn Yetman, who is the Executive Director of the Healthy Minds Cooperative. And we've been talking about a pile of different things, programs, new initiatives, and redesign. Um, you know, a very much a wraparound approach province-wide. Um, and so I was just talking to Lynn about uh, the lovely debate between whether or not we should be using mental health or mental illness when we're, you know, discussing specific things uh, about our well-being. So what's your opinion on that, Lynn? What do you, what do you think about the mental health, mental illness, uh, language debate? Well, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, we all have mental health, whether it's at one end of the scale or the other, or, you know, there's some bumps in the road. It's our mental health. And, and that's, 
natural and normal and good that we have it. Um, I think sometimes, you know, our mental health is, is, is challenged to the point where maybe it does turn into a mental illness Mm -hmm. and you need some medication, you need some uh, therapy, you need some support with it, just as you would any other diagnosis that you receive. So, you know, we have to think about it more along that line instead of thinking of some character flaw or some, you know, um, terrible thing. It's, it's not, all of it's terrible. Become diabetic is terrible, you know, but we find ways to live with it in a healthy way and to maintain a good lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, years ago, I, I worked in end of life care. And one of the things that always stood out to me was quality of life. Mm. And I remember thinking, well, how do I give quality of life to someone whose life is limited? And it's like, well, what about today? Because that's all any of us have is today. So, you know, for us, it's about your quality of life. If my quality of life is good, you know, it's not, you know, we don't have everything, but it's good. I'm yeah. okay. Um, if our quality of life is 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 uh, fractured in any way, or we're challenged, then we need to to reach out and 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 change that. And uh, through mental health, uh, uh, for me, it's always about our quality of life. Just mm. if you know, if it's uh, healthy and good, all right. Uh, challenges that are you know uh, the stresses of this day environment of today is is. It's got many challenges to it, many levels, uh, timing, being places, you know, uh, um, the many tasks we take on in one day. Um, you know, I worry a lot that we, even as uh, representatives of the mental health community, um, you know, when you hear the statistics in, in, in health care about, you know, overworking and shortages of beds and stuff, I just think about those individuals that work in that area and what's mm-hmm. their quality of life? What's their, what's their mental health status today? Um, so, um, roundabout way to say that I think that, you know, our, our, our mental health is what we all live with. The unique thing about Healthy Minds Cooperative is we're open to anybody on any level that scale. Nice. Um, if, you know, if you need, uh, therapeutic, uh, environment, then we'll help you find that. We're more of a general, um, you know, for anybody on any aspect of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, mental health to mental illness to mental recovery yeah. and to quality of life. Mm-hmm. So that's the gamut of what we try to, to, to conquer. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it's, I love having the discussion because again, you know, it helps me understand how others are perceiving, um, you know, the understanding that mental health is something that every single person on this planet experiences and needs to cope. Mm-hmm. Right. So we all experience up, down, sad, happy, angry, mm-hmm. whatever. But it's the resiliency and how do you cope with that on a day to day basis? Um, and, and so, you know, what I'm seeing currently now in society is that individuals are losing those the mental health understanding of what they need to do for self so that they do have quality of life. And I loved how you said that it is about quality of life because mm. even with mental illness, we can live well with mental illness. Absolutely. And, and I think that sometimes that's, 
the stigma that comes up is that, you know, you tell somebody you have a mental illness and they, you know, the stigma comes up, oh, well, they're not going to work and they're not going to provide anything to society and da, 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 da. And that is so not the case. Oh, so not the case. And they're shortchanging not only the individual, but the opportunities they could have been open to by having somebody like that there. So, you know, um, absolutely. Diversity. Diversity. You know, and again, you know, for any of us, particularly in the workplace, when we're having a bad day, you know, you feel that in your work and in your home and mm-hmm. and all of those things. So, you know, that mental health, our own personal mental health can change day to day, yes. depending on what the stress level is in at work or the stress level at home before you went to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hormones. then, yes. <laughs> many, many things can affect that. Just had a screaming session with your teenager and you get into work. Hi, yes. <laughs> everything's wonderful. Exactly. Um, you know, and that facade that we all try to maintain anyway. Uh, I like what you said earlier about work-life balance. There's no work-life and home life. There's life. Right, and, yeah. uh, you know, to maintain some kind of quality of life mm-hmm. is all we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, every day we're all, each of us, in our own way, um, you know, fighting to find that that balance in our life, our quality. Not that everything is all happy, happy, but not that everything is all sad and not hopeful. Yeah. Hopeful. Yeah. And, um, you know, that that's getting harder and harder to find in today's society. Mm-hmm. You know, you look on the radio you, or on the TV and, you know, you listen to the radio news and it's like, well, it's, it's challenging to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we, we always have to go to that place of, um, you know, I, what can I control? What can I change today? Yes. And, uh, I, you know, I'm grateful for my years and, end of life care because it taught me so much about just today. You know, we can't change, you know, we can't do anything about tomorrow or yesterday. Here's what, what is, what is the priority for me today? You know, um, so that's, you know, that's, it's hard to stay in that mindset, but that's where you want to go. You just want to be able to maintain some quality in each day. And for, and if you're living with a mental health uh, challenge, you you know it's harder still mm-hmm. to find that. Yeah. So uh, if you can find resources and help and programs and like minded people, mm. that's that's part of the yeah. You know that's part of the cure. That's part of 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 finding your way out of it is is to find it, those resources and they are in our communities. Mm-hmm. And you know uh, sometimes they seem hard to find, and then when you find them, it's called how did I know you weren't here? You know, um, cause this is great. And, uh, so, you know, we only look for things when we need them. Yeah. You know, if our mental health is fine, we're not looking to see what's out there for mental health. Exactly. You know, we're, if we don't have diabetes, we're not looking to see the diabetes signs and, and care, uh, uh information that's out there. Yeah. It's, you know, we only seek what it is we need. Yeah. Um, I find it really interesting. My own, my own workplace journey has been, um, I was widowed early in life. And when my husband died, I was desperately looking for bereavement resources for my kids. Mm. So I got involved in, in grief and bereavement and children's grief, because that's what I needed. Um, you know, and later I got involved in mental health because my own mental health was compromised and that's what I needed. So I think that, you know, we look for what we, what we need. Yeah. And even somehow, even in our work scope, it's, we tend to, are drawn to what 
what we ourselves are are looking for mm. too. So what speaks to us? What speaks to us? That's right. And and what we can have a passion for because we have an understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know, for me, having experienced that dark place, but to know now I'm not there, and to be able to say that to somebody, you know what? That dark hole sucks. Mm-hmm. It really does. Um, but you can get out of the dark hole and you can once again have a quality of life. Mm-hmm. And, um, so earlier when you were talking about individuals with lived experience who are now doing, you know, some of the programs, like that just gave me a warm heart because I was also thinking, what a great opportunity to build your confidence, mm-hmm. to, get skills once again to feel that you can enter the workforce and provide a service and be useful. Absolutely. I mean, so essential that we as individuals feel that we're providing some something to this world. Um, you know, I don't have kids, so <laughs> I can't just automatically say, oh, I'm a mother, I'm, mm-hmm. you know providing for the next generation, da, 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 da. Um, so for me, the radio show was one way to give back. Yeah. And, um, you know, with the lived experience, and I learned so much from the people that come in. Absolutely. It's a two-way street, you know. Uh, you know, we may provide resources and support, mm-hmm. but we receive yeah. support and 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 so much more every day. It's a shared experience. Oh, you know, I love that. It's I love a, the shared it really experience. is. You know, um, we're peer based, and uh, you know, and thinking of just my own career journey, I, you know, as a, as a widow, I wanted to talk to another widower. I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk to a psychologist or somebody. I want to talk to somebody who's been there yeah. and could give me that support. That's the same way with mental health. Mm-hmm. To talk to somebody who's been there, not maybe in the same degree or the same journey you have, because that's our own. Yeah. But to say, I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not coming from somebody who's you know, uh, professional, you know, we need those professional. I'm not knocking that. We need that therapeutic approach, but all the, the benefits of just one-on-one sharing a story are, are beyond measurement. Mm, Yeah, definitely. So Lynn, how can, uh, the Healthy Minds Cooperative be reached? Well, you can reach us at, uh, well, we're on, uh, 45 Alderney Drive in Dartmouth, Queen Square. So just look up. You'll see our little sign there. If you're walking by and you want to <laughs> stop in, we're there. Uh, you can contact us at 902-404-3504, extension 201, um, or any of the extensions where there's only three you have to go through. Um, and usually you connect with Brad, our navigator. He's, you know, our first entrance in there. And, um, yeah, we'd be happy to hear from you and, uh, look forward to, uh, supporting you and learning from us and the shared experience. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming in, Lynn. We appreciate it. It was great. So on behalf of myself and my producer, Jim Francis, be well.